Welcome to this episode of the National Police Association podcast, Guns Off the Street and San Francisco Disrespects Their Police. From San Jose, California, KPIX reports that San Jose police released new details on a deadly officer-involved shooting that happened on Halloween. The victim had a history of mental health problems. The shooting happened near the intersection of McKee and Jackson Avenue at about 2.30 p.m. last Thursday. Reports said a man holding up what appeared to be a handgun was walking towards a group of Independence High School students who had just been let out of school. Police Chief Eddie Garcia said the man had tucked the weapon in his waistband and then took it out. Garcia said that's when an officer shot the suspect once with a rifle from 120 feet away. With the officer's fear of the suspect getting closer to the high school, with all that's been happening with active shooters in this country, he felt that he had to act quickly in order to save lives, Garcia said. The suspect was identified as 33-year-old Francis Rake alone. Police say he was holding an airsoft replica of a semi-automatic handgun that looked like an actual firearm. Police also say Cologne had a criminal history that included robbery, obstructing an officer, battery and brandishing weapons. Police say he also had a history of six mental health holds and two previous instances where he stated to family members that he wanted to de from suicide by cop. In January of 2017, Family members called police to report getting text messages from the suspect stating he wanted to commit suicide by cop and that quote, this time they will not shoot me with a rubber bullet, Garcia said. It was the third fatal officer involved shooting this year, down from a high of five in 2015. Police say the officer involved, Edward Carboni, is a four-year veteran of police work and was also involved in another fatal shooting this past May. He was cleared in that case and was back on the job when the Halloween incident happened. My heart goes out to the family. This incident and loss of life are examples of the tremendous need for additional mental health services, drug treatment and intervention in our community, Garcia said. From San Diego, California, Fox 5 reports a man accused of donning a Jesus Christ costume and attacking a police officer unprovoked has been arrested in Idaho and will be extradited to San Diego, authorities said. The attack happened outside the bar Atomic around 1 a.m. on after night of partying in the Gaslam Quarter. Police say officers were breaking up a large fight and trying to keep a drunk man from hitting a woman when the 24-year-old man approached the scrum wearing the Jesus costume. The man yelled anti-police rhetoric and ambushed the officer, either punching him or hitting him in the face with his elbow, according to San Diego Police Department. T. The attack was entirely unprovoked, based on the statements of several independent civilian witnesses, SDPD said. The costumed attacker ran off, leaving the officer significantly dazed and with a cut that required stitches. Surveillance video led police to identify the attacker as San Diego resident Eric Van Vliet, and they issued a nationwide warrant for charges related to battering and injuring an officer. Van Vliet was tracked down and arrested in Cache County, Idaho. He will be extradited back to San Diego to face the charges. The San Diego Police Department's mission is to ensure the safety of everyone and to ensure justice for those who would assault anyone let alone a uniformed police officer in the performance of their official duties, rendering aid to a woman pending violent assault, the department said in a statement. From San Francisco, California, K 
KRON reports a city supervisor leads profanity-laced chant against police association at election party. There is growing outrage after a controversial, anti-police chant broke out Tuesday night at San Francisco District Attorney candidate Chesa Bodine's election party. In fact, there is a video which shows City Supervisor Sandra Lee Fewer starting a profanity-laced chant against the Police Officers Association. The video has been talked about nationally due to the fact that a San Francisco supervisor started one of the chants. Tony Montoya, president of the San Francisco Police Officers Association, fired on all cylinders Wednesday night in reference to a video taken at the election night party. It's very disturbing, Montoya said. Elected officials should remain above the fray. They should be mindful of what they say. When they do speak, people look at them as being a representative of the entire city and county of San Francisco. On stage and in attendance with that supervisor were two other current supervisors Matt Haney and Hillary Ronan and former supervisors David Campos and Jane Kim. While Haney, Ronan, and Fewer didn't respond to our requests to talk, Bodine didn't shy away saying there is an obvious divide between police and the community. I wasn't in the room when those chants occurred, Bodine said. I wasn't part of those chants, I heard about it afterwards. I don't support using that kind of language and I'm looking forward to rolling up my sleeves on day one and beginning to rebuild that trust we desperately need to have our community trust law enforcement. Bodine went on today he believes there's a long way to go with the divide, but that he wants to work to rebuild the community's trust. Fewer did write a letter apologizing for the language she used but said that her comments were directed toward the leadership of the police association, not the more than 2,000 officers in San Francisco. Montoya says he doesn't buy that. First of all, I don't accept her non-apology, because that's WH at it was. She's just trying to backpedal from what she said, Montoya said. We all know her words have meaning. In a letter to the supervisor, Montoya called the chant an unhinged attack on police officers in San Francisco. From Sacramento, California, Capitol Public Radio reports federal indictments are up. Gun-related crimes are down. That's the result of a review of a two-year effort by the Department of Justice and local law enforcement. The federal program, Project Safe Neighborhoods, was reborn two years ago at the order of then-Attorney General Jeff Session. The program focuses on violent crime and firearms. Two years later, U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of California McGregor Scott says annual firearms-related homicides and assaults in the district have decreased by about a quarter compared to the average of the previous 10 years. The number of firearms-related indictments have increased by about a third over that time. The people that we take for federal prosecution almost invariably have multiple prior felony convictions, usually crimes of violence, Scott said. They may have machine guns. There's something extraordinary. He says local agencies ask for assistance to investigate and prosecute those people who have repeatedly broken the law either through violence or crimes involving a gun. We don't take every single one of these cases. We don't have the resources to handle that. Scott said. The Federal Bureau of Investigation, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the U.S. Marshals Service have worked with the U.S. Attorney and local law enforcement agencies between Shasta and Bakersfield. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, 
Firearms and Explosives says agents are seeing more homemade guns and automatic weapon conversion kits made in China. It used to be that a Glock pistol was the status symbol. Now I want this with the full automatic. This is the cool thing to have, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives agent Brian Hester said, while demonstrating how guns without serial numbers and with conversion kits can be assembled. He was one of several agents at an announcement of the program's success at the Robert T. Matsui Federal Courthouse in Sacramento. The ATF San Francisco field office seized more than 250 homemade weapons with no serial numbers this year. More than 1,600 guns of all types have been seized this year by the ATF in the Eastern District. Firearms are a focus of the program, as are gangs, Scott also pointed out. Stockton Police Chief Eric Jones said his department called for help when gang violence erupted after a year of declining crime. We saw three separate gang conflicts all erupt at about the same time. It was actually above and beyond the capacity for the Stockton Police Department even though those officers are very good at what they do, Jones said. It was extra-me violence that hit all at once. Lasha Boyden with the U.S. Marshals Service says about 100 officers were brought together to respond to Jones's request, who made an equal number of arrests of what she describes as violent gang members and seized nearly 20 firearms. Chief Jones says the crime rate following Operation Washout was among the lowest in the last five summers. U.S. Attorney Scott says the agencies also worked together to build drug trafficking and racketeering cases against the Modesto Hells Angels and murder cases against the Aryan Brotherhood. Scott repeated that the indictments as the result of the project targeted repeat offenders, one of whom had been convicted of domestic violence and drug trafficking before he led police on a high-speed chase and crashed into a residence. If you have some guy with eight prior felony convictions and he knows till the cows come home that he's not supposed to have a gun and he's got a gun, there have to be consequences, Scott said. Scott and the other agents also said the program would not have worked as well as it has without community support and involvement. From Penn Hills, Pennsylvania, TrueBliv reports that Amen Corner, a local non-political, non-partisan civic organization that was founded in 1870, held its 19th annual Senator John Hines Law Enforcement Lunch and took place at the Sheridan Station Square Hotel Ballroom. More than 30 law enforcement men and women from Allegheny, Beaver, and Washington counties were honored for their heroic bravery and dedication above and beyond the call of duty. According to a news release, Penn Hills Police Officer Jared Rothert received the Line of Fire Award for using self-defense to stop the suspect in a robbery-turned-homicide in Penn Hills in July. In addition, Special Critical Incident Response Awards were presented to the special teams who risked their lives responding to the Tree of Life shooting, City of Pittsburgh Bureau of Police, Allegheny County Police Department, Allegheny County Sheriff's Department, Pennsylvania State Police, North Hills Special Response Team and the Shacog Critical Incident Response Team. This news brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how you can help law enforcement accomplish its goals visit nationalpolice.org.